welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is the Feast of Pentecost. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and and on on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, Have mercy on us, for you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who by the mystery of today's great feast sanctify your whole church in every people and nation, pour out, we pray, the gifts of the Holy Spirit across the face of the earth. And with the divine grace that was at work when the gospel was first proclaimed, fill now once more the hearts of believers. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles When Pentecost Day came round, they all met in one room. When suddenly they heard what sounded like a powerful wind from heaven, the noise of which filled the entire house in which they were sitting, and something appeared to them that seemed like tongues of fire. These separated and came to rest on the head of each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak foreign languages as the Spirit gave them the gift of speech. Now there were devout men living in Jerusalem, from every nation under heaven. And at this sound they all assembled, each one bewildered to hear these men speaking his own language. They were amazed and astonished. Surely, they said, all these men speaking are Galileans? How does it happen that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya around Cyrene, as well as visitors from Rome, Jews and proselytes alike. 
Cretans and Arabs, we hear them preaching in our own language about the marvels of God. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, send out your Spirit and renew the face of the earth. Lord, send out your Spirit and renew the face of the earth. Bless the Lord, my soul. Lord God, how great you are. How many are your works, O Lord. The earth is full of your riches. Lord, send out your Spirit and renew the face of the earth. You take back your Spirit, they die, returning to the dust from which they came. You send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the earth. Lord, send out your spirit and renew the face of the earth. May the glory of the Lord last forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. May my thoughts be pleasing to him. I find my joy in the Lord. Lord, send out your spirit and renew the face of the earth. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. No one can say, Jesus is Lord, unless he is under the influence of the Holy Spirit. There is a variety of gifts, but always the same Spirit. There are all sorts of service to be done, but always the same Lord, working in all sorts of different ways in different people. It is the same God who is working in all of them. The particular way in which the Spirit is given to each person is for a good purpose. Just as the human body, though it is made up of many parts, is a single unit, because all these parts, though many, make one body, so it is with Christ. In the one Spirit, we were all baptized, Jews, as well as Greeks, slaves, as well as citizens, and one Spirit was given to us all to drink. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Pentecost Sequence Holy Spirit, Lord of Light, from the clear celestial height, Thy pure beaming radiance give. Come Thou Father of the poor, come with treasures which endure, Come Thou Light of all that live. Thou of all consolers best, Thou the soul's delightful guest, Dust refreshing peace bestow. Thou in toil art comfort sweet, Pleasant coolness in the heat, solace in the midst of woe. Light immortal, light divine, visit thou these hearts of thine, and our inmost being fill. If thou take thy grace away, nothing pure in man will stay, all his good is turned to ill. Heal our wounds, our strength renew, on our dryness pour thy dew, Wash the stains of guilt away. Bend the stubborn heart and will. Melt the frozen, warm the chill. Guide the steps that go astray. Thou on us who evermore, Thee confess and thee adore, With thy sevenfold gifts descend. Give us comfort when we die. Give us life with thee on high. Give us joys that never end. Alleluia, alleluia. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. 
In the evening of the first day of the week, the doors were closed in the room where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them. He said to them, Peace be with you, and showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were filled with joy when they saw the Lord, and he said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so am I sending you. After saying this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. For those whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven. For those whose sins you retain, they are retained. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, after the days of celebration of Easter and our long preparation, we've now come to the day of Pentecost. But I think it's important that we don't make the mistake of thinking that Pentecost was a feast that the Christians invented. It was first a Jewish feast, of course, and it was celebrated 50 days after the Passover. The Greek-speaking Jews refer to it using the Greek word for 50th. That's what Pentecost means. So Pentecost was one of the three great pilgrimage feasts for the Jews. So this goes some way of explaining why, in the first reading, Jerusalem is filled with people from all over the world. They're there to celebrate Pentecost. So I think if we're going to have some sense of what happened to the apostles on the Feast of Pentecost in Jerusalem, we need to have a little bit of a look at what the feast commemorated for the Israelites. When Israel was held captive and enslaved by the Egyptians, Moses was the one chosen by God to be the gatherer, the liberator of these 12 tribes. And of course, famously, these various plagues were unleashed upon the Egyptians to show Pharaoh that God was speaking through Moses and was demanding the freedom of his people. There were plagues of frogs and lice and locusts and boils and darkness, water turned into blood, all of which Pharaoh ignored. Maybe God should have sent coronavirus. But it's finally the last one. The final plague was the fiercest. In one night, all the firstborn of Egypt would die, of human beings and of cattle. And indeed, this is what happened. And Pharaoh, he lost his firstborn and his heir. This is the great moment of the Passover. God commanded the Israelites to sacrifice a lamb and have the Passover meal together in their households. And the Lord commanded that the Israelites place themselves under the protection of the lamb. They were to take its blood and mark the doorposts and the lintel of their house. And in this way, seeing the markings of the blood of the lamb, the angel of death would pass over and the household would be spared the plague and the firstborn would be saved. Now, let's not dwell on it for too long because, you know, we could talk about this for the rest of the day. But remember, it's the Passover when Jesus is arrested and put to death. Now, he is the firstborn son who submits himself to the plague of death to give us freedom and to save us from death. We are marked by the blood of Jesus, who is the sacrificial lamb, and death now passes over us. All right. Moses then leads this newly liberated people of Israel to Mount Sinai, 
And 50 days after the Passover, God enters into a covenant with his people. Now, this is what the Feast of Pentecost recalls and celebrates. Essentially, God says to Israel, All right, you 12 tribes, I've gathered you together. I've saved you from slavery and death. Now you will be my people and I will be your God. And Israel, as a consequence, promises to live as God's people. And Moses brings down from Mount Sinai the law. Living according to the law was the fidelity that marked out the people of Israel and showed that they belonged to God. This moment on Mount Sinai is a foundational moment of gathering. The people are bound together as one because they're the people united in God's election, in his choice. These 12 tribes, they belong to him. And here's the interesting thing. The day of the covenant, that day which is celebrated by the Jewish feast of Pentecost, saw the power of God manifested remarkably on Mount Sinai. We read this in the book of Exodus. Listen to this. The mountain of Sinai was entirely wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in the form of fire. Moses spoke and God answered him in peals of thunder. Well, Israel, God's holy people, were called to be the beacon, the magnet for the world, to see that the God of Israel was the true God. Their unity and their faithfulness to the law of Moses was to be the light to the nations. But tragically, this isn't what comes about. The unity of the 12 tribes of Israel doesn't last beyond the reign of King Solomon. And the whole show kind of limps on, wounded by division and unfaithfulness. So the Jewish Feast of Pentecost, it celebrates this moment of the drawing together of the people of Israel and God entering into a covenant, a relationship with them. But it's left in tatters. So what happens now? Does God abandon his plan? Chalk it up as a bit of a mistake? Well, what we discover is that the covenant with Israel is a precursor, a figure of what would happen. On this feast of Pentecost, God will gather a new people to himself. So 50 days after the great Passover event, the true Passover event, which is Jesus' death and resurrection, the 12 apostles are gathered in the upper room. Just like the 12 tribes of Israel were gathered at the foot of Mount Sinai. And on this day, a new covenant is ratified. Not ratified in the blood of bulls or goats, but the blood of the Son of the Father. And the presence of God on Sinai, which was manifest in the stormy peals of thunder, and as he descended like fire upon the mountain, now in the upper room, the twelve apostles. Now twelve, of course, because Matthias has been elected to take Judas's place. These twelve are gathered And the presence of God is once again made manifest in a similar way. A mighty wind and a descending fire. The twelve 
are the new Israel. They are the new people of God who have been gathered to the Father. But here's the question. What binds the members of the new people of God together? For Israel, it was clear. You formed part of the people of God because you were born into it. It was a promise extended by family blood. But us, what makes us one? It's faith and baptism. You know, Pentecost is sometimes referred to as the birthday of the church because on this day, when the presence of God is shown as it was on Mount Sinai, that the church issues forth as the new people of God, the new light to the nations, the new beacon and magnet to attract the world. We're drawn into one by faith and baptism, and the Holy Spirit stands at the heart of both of those. St. Paul writes to the Corinthians, No one can say Jesus is Lord unless he is under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Faith itself comes through the presence of the Holy Spirit, because faith is not just about having the right opinion about Christ. Faith is the act of believing that Jesus is Lord and allowing that to shape our lives. It's the Holy Spirit that makes that act of faith possible. And so when we rise at Mass and recite the Creed together, it's the Holy Spirit active within each one of us, allowing us to freely believe and love and live what we profess. So, you know, next time you go to Mass, whenever that might be, as we recite the Creed, Take a look around at everyone who's reciting the same thing and living the same thing with you. That's the Holy Spirit at work, bringing us together into one people. You know, it's the Holy Spirit who's the decisive player in the sacrament of baptism. In the rite of baptism, the priest says this. He says, we pray for this child. Set him free from original sin. Make him a temple of your glory, and send your Holy Spirit to dwell within him. The sacrament of baptism binds us all together as the people of God, because the Holy Spirit is given to each one of us, and he makes his dwelling within us. By the sacrament of baptism, we're all made temples of the Holy Spirit. So take a moment, close your eyes. And imagine the flame of the Holy Spirit, a fire within each one of us in the church. Can you see how deeply we are related to one another? Can you see how closely Christ has gathered his church, the new Israel? It's not tribal blood that unites us. It's faith and it's baptism. We are drawn together and held by the Holy Spirit. And so... You know, the great feast of Pentecost is the celebration of the unity of the church. And this isn't something just, you know, it's kind of abstract and theological. It's the great feast of you and me being drawn together into the people of God. Unity is what lies at the foundation of the church. And as a consequence, unity is what we need to show forth in the life of our own parish communities. So that we may be ever more what we already are. The people of God, united in faith and baptism by the Holy Spirit. One, holy, Catholic and apostolic.
And now let's together profess our faith by praying the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the The Father Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.